Journalism is dead, at least as far as the Washington Post is concerned. And evidence of that, a hit piece on Dave Portnoy that ended up blowing up in their faces. And Saudi Arabia admits it's corruption, yet they still say they plan to buy up as much of the sports world as they possibly can. All that and so much more. Outkick the Morning starts right now. Hello and good morning to each and every one of you. Happy Friday. We made it through the week. Uh, welcome into Outkick the Morning. I am your host, Charlie Arnold. And you know what? It's Friday, but it also feels like Groundhog Day pretty much every day around here because it seems like every time a public figure shares opinions, no matter what they are, and they don't align with leftist politics, there is a member of the liberal media lurking, just waiting to take them down. That's why Dave Portnoy, who is used to playing this game, he's been around the block one or two times, made sure he was one step ahead. The Barstool founder put a Washington Post reporter named Emily Heal on blast after he found out that she had been emailing businesses who were advertising as One Bite Pizza Festival, which is taking place tomorrow, with the goal of having them pull out. Heal did this by mentioning to sponsors the criticism that comes with being associated with Portnoy and one that promotes misogyny and problematic behavior. Now, Portnoy found out about this because one of these sponsors forwarded this email to him. And so he had no choice but to pay Heal a little phone call. Why would you include that in the, in the email to sponsors? Because I was hoping for a dialogue with them. You know, it's sometimes you have to say something like, this is like, you know, it's sort of a reporting tactic when you want someone to respond. You kind of have to indicate that there might be something negative, and then you get them to engage. That's all I was trying to do. I really wanted them to engage with me. That is a sad state of journalism if that's a tactic that you have to, what I would say is make up something about somebody. there There might be something negative, and so you want to give people a chance to respond. I cannot believe what I just heard. How messed up is that? The Washington Post reporter literally just admitted she was baiting sponsors to respond by including alleged negative information about Portnoy to get them to engage. She calls this a reporting tactic. Listen, I went to journalism school. I never learned this. I did learn a few things. It's called the Journalism Code of Ethics. It's based on truth, accuracy, objectivity, none of which Emily Heal seems to know anything about, and something that it seems like the Washington Post could really care less about this point in time. Clearly, their standards have gone way off the deep end. And obviously, because of this, Poitner has every right to be mad. Uh, there's the unprofessionalism of this reporter to attempt to bury him, but also for neglecting to acknowledge Portnoy's mission behind why he's even holding Saturday's pizza festival in the first place. He started doing these one-bite pizza reviews in 2020, and Barstool Sports ever since has raised nearly $50 million to help small businesses, especially important with the suffering, the suffering that we all are aware of that was brought on by the pandemic. Listen to this pizza owner who is on Long Island. He got a life-changing phone call from the Barstool founder and one he will never forget. We had our doors closed. We made, made it through the summer. We're both an outdoor patio. People coming in, we're breaking even during the summer. I got my staff, they're all being paid. And I said, we'll make it through Christmas. January, February, March, I was planning on closing. I didn't say anything to my staff. This is gonna help so much. You don't know. 
Thank you for blowing my heart. And my staff, we have with their mortgages, families. You don't know how many people you're helping. Thank you. You know, it really warms your heart to hear local mom and pop store owners talk about this and how much Barstool has really helped them to survive when at this point they could have been completely shuttered. The Washington Post, as I imagine they've done their due diligence, they surely knew all of this. So why would they try and sabotage Portnoy and Barstool when they're trying to do even more good for these businesses? Well, Barstool stands for everything liberals hate. Masculine men who speak their minds and don't buy into scare tactics. Dave Portnoy self-admittedly comes across as a fratty, entitled bro, and Barstool's audience, much of the same, and that's a demographic despised by the left. While the Washington Post was supporting a shutdown and mandates that killed off thousands of small businesses, Barstool did the opposite, working to keep the lights on of those same businesses until life could resume as normal. The heart and pride of Barstool is to lift up these mom-and-pop shops because they once were one. This just goes to show you that these days, if you aren't on the left side of society, you will never be right. And someone will find a way to try and bring you down, even if it means breaking ethical standards. And now, I imagine that as a result of having all of this gone public, the Washington Post should really have no choice but to fire this food reporter, Emily Heal. I don't see any way that they can defend her actions, especially knowing that she admitted them to someone that was supposed to be the crux of an article. It just doesn't make any sense to me because we all know that there are shady tactics that take place. We know that it takes place among politicians. We know it takes place among journalism journalists. We know it takes place among just everyday people who interact with each other. But you don't admit these type of things when you're doing a story about somebody. Uh, this reporter clearly has no idea what she's doing. She has made the Washington Post look extremely incredible. I think at this point, Washington, the Washington Post really will have no choice uh, but to go their separate ways from Emily Heal. But if they don't decide to make that decision, I'm looking forward to possibly running in to this food reporter because tomorrow I will be at the One Bite Pizza Festival. And if she has any type of remorse that she would like to display uh, for what she did and how she tried to put Dave Portnoy on blast, maybe she'll show up tomorrow and uh, we can all taste test some pizza together. Uh, now, anyways, as far as Dave Portnoy goes, he's one of those guys that really just doesn't beat around the bush. And that's something I generally respect. Uh, I don't like when people feed me crap. So I think that there's no reason to not be honest about anything. But when it comes to certain topics and people, like, for example, the Emily Heal scenario that we just encountered. Uh, there are some things that are just better left unsaid. Uh, this also is the case for the Saudi Arabian Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman, because he apparently did not get this memo either. It is a well-known fact that his country and government are notorious sports washers. So why would you think, when asked about it, that he wouldn't try to sugarcoat it? Because he didn't do that at all. Listen to his response to Fox News' Brett Baer when asked if he intends to continue this destructive type of investing. If sport washing gonna increase my GDP by 1%, and then I will continue doing sport washing. <laughs> You're okay with that term? I, I, I don't care, I have 1% growth of GDP from sport, and I'm aiming for another 1.5%, call it whatever you want, we're gonna get that 1.5%. I wish I could say this remark shocked me, but it doesn't. The Saudi Public Investment Fund reportedly has 720 billion that's billion with a B, dollars to work with. So essentially, 
unlimited assets that's only growing because of the properties they've already acquired or deals they've entered into. Most notably, Live Golf and the PGA merger and Newcastle United of the English Premier League. So with this type of money, they can really negotiate any deal they want. They're already in bed with WWE, the Association of Tennis Professionals Tour. The Women's Tennis Association is in talks to be next. And in the past, they made an offer to buy Formula One. F1 so far has resisted, but as you can see, most others haven't. And that's because money talks. If Saudi is willing to pay, sports leagues, associations, and teams are more than happy to turn a blind eye to Saudi Arabia's deplorable human rights record. And it's not even a group that has to agree. Look at what happened when several PGA golfers were offered hundreds of millions of dollars to defect. You think that was a tough choice for them? <laughs> Absolutely not. I'm sure most people in the world for the right amount of money would be willing to turn their backs on any type of morals. Putting it simply, it's like a woman who marries a man for money. If she knows he's going to provide her a nice life, she doesn't have to love him. And maybe he even knows that she doesn't love him, but he doesn't care. He gets a doting wife, she gets security. And this marriage could be the one that lasts forever. Everything, as we know, in this world has a price. And in this situation, Saudi Arabia is the rich man. And as we have seen, there are plenty of sports organizations and athletes around the world who are happy to be the doting wives. Now, I have come across a man who I would be shocked to learn is married because I get the impression he is absolutely unhinged. I want you to take a look at this video and tell me what you think. We got a Karen on the golf course right now. I'm going to take your clubs. Then leave. I'm not getting a fight at a golf course. Then leave. I'm going to stand here and you can complain. Goodbye. I'm not complaining. You're the one. No, you're the one that approached me and I asked you to walk to speak. You took her ball. We're coming over here. You took her ball. Bro, you took her ball. If you need money for her golf balls, Walter, because I'll fancy boy. Now get the cart. Walter. Walter. Oh, here we go. You see that? Oh. That's what you look up in the heaven. You want to test God? You get it. He's mentally ill. Oh. You think I'm mentally ill? I know you. Bend to heaven. I mean, what, what is going on here? Okay, so here's what I found out about this guy. Uh, he was at Crooked Creek Golf Course. That's in Ottawa Lake, Michigan. And just in case you weren't able to hear what he was saying, the guy was screaming, this is a man that's been to heaven. So if you want to test God, then come and get it shit stack, which honestly, I've never heard the word shit stack being used before, but I, I kind of want to start using it. Anyways, this video is pure gold. As much as I hate social media sometimes, this is a blessing because otherwise none of us would have been able to have the privilege of heading into this weekend, realizing just how put together our lives are compared to this guy. But I'm still, I'm still confused. Is this guy just mentally ill? Is he just a very disrespectful golfer? Because I, I, I'm not even a golfer and I know that it's a major faux pas to take someone else's ball on the course. Or was he just completely hammered? I have no idea. If any of you or perhaps from Ottawa Lake, Michigan. Maybe you know this guy. Maybe you have a friend from Ottawa Lake, Michigan. I need more information, or even if you just want to speculate on what's going on here, no wrong answers, uh, leave them in the comments below uh, because I need to know more. This is something that we can't let go until we get to the bottom of. And now, 
For what I'm more excited for getting into this weekend, other than the One Bite Pizza Festival, which I am going to with my lovely producer, Katie, and we're going to taste test uh, all of the best pizzas from around the country. I'm also excited to get down with some week three of the NFL because all of us, at least those here in New York, we are still waiting to see if the Jets are the real deal after Aaron Rodgers went down in week one. Right now, they're one and one, but this weekend, they've got a home affair with their AFC East rival, the Patriots. So... I had no choice but to check in with Solomon Thomas earlier this week to see how he and the rest of the team are feeling. All right, here with Solomon Thomas, defensive tackle for the New York Jets, a team that I would say of all the teams in the NFL have been through the biggest whirlwind since the season has started. Uh, talk to me about what the transition has been like, you know, starting the season with a MVP quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, and then suddenly... In just a couple of minutes' time, your playbook, everything that's been practiced in all of training camp, all of the offseason, now it looks like you're somewhat back to square one. Yeah, yeah. So um, obviously, you know, went through a, a bunch of challenges and changes already in the first week of the season. Um, first series, we lost um, Aaron, uh, you know, to an Achilles injury that puts him out for the season. So, um, you know, you know, it's devastating, you know, devastating to lose a quarterback like that and a teammate like that, you know. And we're really just hurt for him. You know, we know the work he puts in and, and how hard he works and, um, you know, just just how much he dedicates to this game. So to lose him for the year, you know, it, it definitely hurts. But, um, you know, you know, now we're back, uh, you know, got Zach at our quarterback and we believe in Zach and we love Zach and we know what he can do for us. And um, he's he's improved a lot over the year and uh, having Aaron at his, as his mentor has been a huge help to him. Uh, but we believe in this team. Like, you know, uh, we're not down in the dumps. You know, we're not feeling sorry for ourselves. Um, we're very excited for the season and, uh you know, just can't wait to, you know, keep fighting, show, show this world who we are. You know what? That's such an awesome attitude to have, because I was going to ask you when, when you have such a tragedy like this, because that is exactly what it is. However you want to spin it. It is a tragedy for the New York Jets. What do you have to do? You know, you're, you're one of the guys you've been in the NFL for several years. How do you help to motivate and get everyone regrouped? Uh, so that you can focus on what's ahead because there's still an entire season that needs to be played. And, you know, fingers crossed, there's still a hope to make the playoffs. Yeah. And, you know, be present, you know, be in the now, um, worry about what, what's right in front of us, whether, whether it's practice, whether it's meetings, whether it's, it's this upcoming game, um, you know, don't get too high, don't get too low. You know, it's about staying present, about being calm. I'm staying steady throughout this journey. You know, it's a long season. Um, we have 15 more weeks to show who we are and, and show what we can do. So, um, you know, you just got to tell the young guys that, you know, don't listen to outside noise. You know, everyone in the world is going to tell us that we're down or that, you know, you know, it's over because we lost Aaron. But now we know the talent on this team. We know the roster we have. And, you know, we have everything we need to do what we need to do. So we believe in each other and, and we're going to keep that belief by the way we work and the way we show our style when we play. So, um, you know, just keeping guys' attitudes and positivity up um, and just knowing that, hey, you know, nothing's lost. You know, we're still here. Uh, we're one to know the division and we're going to keep fighting. Yeah, and it is interesting because it's not just Aaron Rodgers that we're talking about in regards to injuries. We've seen some pretty unfortunate things happen in these first couple of weeks of the season. Nick Chubb being the latest last night to go down with that knee injury. Uh, is this something that when you see so commonly happening, guys who are at the top of their game in their prime playing football, does it rattle you a little bit to think, oh no, what, what should I be doing to prevent myself from being put in this position? Or is this something that's talked, talked about among the team? Um, I mean, it, it's it's known in the game that we're playing. Uh, we play the game of football where, you know, the injury rate is 100%. I um, you know, any play you could lose, um, you could lose the season in any play. You know, you can lose a few weeks in any play. You could lose your career in any play. Um, you know, it's a very violent game. It's a rough game. 
I'm just saying you know that in every play, you know. So, but outside down the outside the field, like you have to take care of your body. And as you know that in the league, like to make it in this league, to play years in this league, to put the, the time and, the, and the, uh, the pounds in on your body, you know, you have to take care of your body. So whether it's a uh, you know your contrast bath, your nutrition, um, you know, hyperbaric chamber, whatever you got to do for yourself to make sure that you're um, in prime shape, you're recovering, you're taking care of your tissue, your fascia, um, your your whole body. You know, it's it's important to you know have that kind of routine. Now, what are some other recovery methods that you're into? I mean, I know that, you know, Aaron Rodgers, as an example, maybe takes it to the extreme. He went inside the, uh, you know, the dark room for several days at a time um, for mental wellness. I suppose that could be one option. Is there anything that you do physically or mentally that allows you to recover uh, that might be considered like a little bit eccentric, maybe, or uh, outside of the norm? Um, yeah, no, I, I do a lot for my recovery, mentally and physically. You know, I'm a guy, I, I've been in this league going in my seventh year now, and it's something that I um, I take pride in, you know, I, I want to make sure I take care of my body for now and for later when I'm done playing. So it's uh, something that, you know, is an everyday thing for me, whether it's a mental a routine or a physical routine. But, you know, I, I do a lot of stretching, a lot of manual stretching. Um, um, You know, I call it myofascial stretching, you know, just, uh, you know, certain like, techniques uh, and certain stretches to make sure I'm getting in, getting in all the fascia lines, making sure I'm aligning the fascia and really stretching in a good way. Um, you know, I do a lot of uh, sauna. I think sauna is great for your fascia, great for your tissue. Um, you can get a lot of hormone benefits with it as well. So um, I try to get the sauna a few times a week as well. But uh, Epsom baths is kind of stuff like that. And then obviously we talk about the hyperbaric chamber. Um, but those are a few things I do on my own just to like really make sure my body's in tip top shape. And um, I have a great uh, trainer and treatment guy, um, you know, back home that, you know, I keep in contact with all season. Um, Scott Herrera and Mason Hayes, and they, they uh, help update my program. So my body's in tip top shape throughout the whole season. And then I really feel the biggest advantage I get, uh, you know, past the physical routines that I have are my mental routines. You know, it's a, you know, the body works in one. It's not the mental health and physical health. Like it's, it's a whole health of the body. Cause if my brain's not working, if my brain's not uh, just like fluid and, and fresh and clean, um, you know, my body's not going to work as fast. So I want to make sure that they're all, all clean, all ready to go. Um, so like for mentally, like I, I love to uh, meditate. I think that's a huge thing for me. You know, we have a wellness coach with the Jets and we do mindfulness training every day. Um, and I'll go through a little visualization or training. Uh, and you do that with your teammates? No, I, I do that with, uh, well, we have a mindfulness coach at the Jets. Okay, so that's individual group. though. It's not like you're doing uh, mindfulness training as a group or having like group meditation sessions, which... Seems like it could no, be a good um, bonding activity. No, no, I mean, I mean that that, that happens during camp sometimes, but I do my own one on one. So I do that with uh, uh Dr. Amy Shadel, and you know I get that in with her. I'm not big on journaling. You know, I I have a lot going on my going on in my head throughout the season. Um, you know, off on the field, off the field. So I like to get my thoughts off my head and on the paper. You know, it helps me. I write out like you know my goals, manifestations, goals for the week. Um, you know, whatever thoughts need to get out and, and put on my uh, my journal. Um, I, and that that's huge for me in my mental recovery. And then lastly, you know, I'm, I'm big into therapy, and, and that helps me a lot. Just talking to my therapist, you know, venting, you know, just talking through things, her giving me certain advice or coping coping techniques. Um, and that really just helps me stay in tip top shape mentally and physically, so I can be the best wow. person on and off the field. Solomon, you sound like a man who really has it together. Can you give advice to all the rest of the men in this world? I feel like they would benefit. From the the <laughs> training and the routine you put yourself through, um, that's awesome. Uh, now, talk to me also about your diet. Uh, do you partake in any? I, I'll, I'll call them interesting because I'm into all the alternative version of versions of nutrition right now. Like I know there's just the standard clean eating, you know, um, putting on weight. You want to eat lots of protein, that kind of thing. But is there anything that you do that would be considered a little unusual? Like, do you exclusively eat red meat or 
Do you avoid certain foods um, because you have found them to be harmful to your body? Anything like that? Um, nothing too crazy. Um, I mean, I just want to eat pretty clean, you know, get, get, uh, high quality, uh, groceries, whether it's, uh, certain meats from good farms or, um, you know, just making sure I get organic vegetables and, and grains and carbs. But, uh, um, it, it's really nothing to, I eat a lot of bison, a lot of Buffalo, um, mm. you know, cause I do like red meat, but it's a way to make it, um, to get out of the traditional red meat and, you know, have something that's not as, a uh, um, not as commonly sold or, or anything that, that's not as commonly farmed as well. So, um, you, a lot of bison, a lot of Buffalo, um, you know, some elk here and there. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I try to stay away from, uh, gluten and, and dairy as much as I can, you know, cause that causes inflammation in the body and as much as inflammation I can get out of the body is, 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 is a huge benefit to me. So, um, really try that. I'm not perfect at all. Like, but I definitely do try and be conscious of that, but, um, you know, a diet is huge for your body throughout the season, you know, make sure you can keep inflammation out of there making sure you can just get good foods, uh, replenish, get a lot of protein, good carbs and keep that energy up. Um, okay, now getting uh, back into a little bit of football before we get into your personal hobbies, uh, the Jets have a divisional rivalry showdown this upcoming week. The New England Patriots, uh, you know what, no matter no matter what the Patriots look like, facing Bill Belichick's squad is, is never the easiest task. So what is the mindset of the Jets going into this one? Um, you know, uh, end the week 2-0 in the division. You know, it's a, a game to get back on track, you know, huge division game. Um, you know, obviously playing the Patriots, a great team coached by you know, Hall of Fame coach, um, you know, so it's, it, it's a huge opportunity for us to get back on track. And, you know, we just want to, you know, these division games count as two. So it's important to get them, important to win. You know, our goal is the playoffs and to get a chance to, you know, play in the Super Bowl. So this is part along the path of, of where we need to go. And I'm just a huge opportunity for us this week to, to go tune on the division. Okay, so obviously you get a win. There is a little bit of time and desire to celebrate. Being that you live in New York City, I mean, this is the capital of the best theater in the world. And I understand, Solomon, you are a Broadway fan. I am. I am. I am a big Broadway fan. Talk to me about that. How did you get so into Broadway? And what are your favorite shows? How do you how do you make sure to sprinkle in the theater throughout the season? Yeah, um, you know, I just grew up a Broadway fan. I uh, uh, was in theater when I was young. You know, I was in plays as young as uh, first, second grade. Um, you know, my parents, you know, they put me and my sister into music and, and theater and like certain creative arts. So I'm um, got them young and I, I liked that more than music at the time. And so I just kind of kicked off with that and did it to my freshman year of high school where I was told I had to choose between theater and football. And I obviously chose football, but uh, the, the, the love stayed with me. So I, I enjoy going to, uh, you know, theater plays, you know, um, throughout college was one of my college mentors and close to many friends. Uh, Harris Barton used to take us to, to uh, his uh, foundation's plays. And, you know, it was awesome seeing like Lion King, Hamilton and stuff like that. And then when I got in the New York area, I was like, I got to take advantage of being close to Broadway. So I started going to plays, um, uh, MJ, the musical back to the future, you know, shocked, um, you know, there's so many good ones that we've seen six, you know, uh, but yeah, no, I, I really do. There's so much talent there, talent out there. Um, you know, it's, it's really cool to see, to see how they perform, you know, every day. So it's, uh, um, you know, they're performing, uh, I think eight shows a week, which is yeah. insane. Uh, you know, they're so talented and it's like a live movie. And so just seeing their talent, how hard they work is um, is impressive and it's motivating. And I, I just enjoy the art. Well, I was going to say, it's definitely not the same thing as playing football, but in terms of work ethic and dedication to the craft and having to put literally every ounce of energy you have into it, uh, there are definitely some parallels. So have you gotten some of your teammates into the Broadway scene? Do you guys do like bro dates to Broadway? 
Yeah, yeah, you know what? We we've uh, definitely had a uh, had a few guys go to Broadway. You know, we had, I had a group during the off season. Um, it was me and CJ Uzama. Went to a few shows. I think we went to four during OTAs. Um, and then after that, you know, Dark uh, uh, Camp, me, um, CJ, Tim, and Aaron. Uh, you know, we would we would hit a few shows, and then from there, we actually got about twelve guys, twelve to fourteen guys to go see into the musical together. So that was really cool. We had had a big group out there, and. Um, you know, just we're, we're just supporting that cast and and, and the amazing play that they that they do. They uh, they do an unbelievable job and um, really have so much fun. Uh, you know, supporting them. So, have you converted your teammates? I mean, are they at the point now where they're like, "Hey, Solomon, I went and saw this incredible show this week. Now you have to go check it out." Uh, definitely. You know, we we've definitely converted a bunch of guys, and a lot of guys are interested now. You know, a lot of guys want to go see more plays and get back up there again. Um, but yeah, it's uh, you know, it's cool to see like you know. Guys who normally would never be into Broadway and now they're into it. Yeah, um, I mean, me, CJ, Aaron, like we're proud of definitely converting a few guys to uh, Broadway fans. Okay, finally, uh, I hope you have a long and prosperous and fruitful NFL career that doesn't end anytime soon. But listen, it seems like you've got some extra skills up your sleeve, right? So maybe some little dancing, <laughs> a little singing, a little acting. Would the idea of performing on Broadway in whatever capacity, even a smaller role, be something that potentially could interest you in the future? I mean, it would for sure be a dream, but you know, I'm not. I'm not the biggest dancer or singer, so I, I really don't have the talent they have out there. Um, you know, it's it's definitely a wishful dream, but uh, uh, you know, it's just it's just cool being close to those guys and, and and seeing the way they perform and being able to watch them do their thing. So, you know, for that, I'll take that for now, though. Well, maybe we get you a little stint on something like Dancing with the Stars, so you can get your uh, dancing chops together, and then you'll be set. Yeah. Yeah, no, I just need a coach and I'll be good. So, yeah, <laughs> if I get that, uh, we can do that. Well, I cannot be your coach because I am I am equally a bad dancer. So you don't want me <laughs> as your coach, but I will do my best to find someone who is qualified and uh, very skilled. Uh, but for now, Solomon, I'm so happy to have talked with you. I wish you the best of luck the rest of the season. I especially wish you luck this upcoming weekend against the Patriots because as an Indianapolis girl, you know I can't stand the Patriots. So please. Do me, do me a favor. Go get that dub. <laughs> no, we got you. I appreciate your time. Thank you for having me on the show. Absolutely. We'll talk soon. See ya. Outkick the morning. We'll be right back after a short break. Stay tuned. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well.
Well, that was fun. Uh, and yeah, guys, I, although I'm sure many of you would expect me to be a fabulous dancer, I am quite horrible. I'm also very bad at singing. So my probably opportunities to be on Broadway, probably pretty slim. Uh, but anyways, thank you again to Solomon for the interview and good luck to the Jets against the Patriots. Sorry, Pats fans. We don't want you to win this weekend. Uh, now, I feel like I've said this phrase a million times this past week, and realistically, I'll probably say it a million times next week. I, I might as well be teaching a business seminar at this point, uh, but you know what they say, go woke, go broke. And this time, I am pointing the finger at CNN. Now, the far left-leaning channel drew in their lowest ratings of all time, setting a record low among their prioritized viewing demographic of 25 to 54 years old, averaging just 55,000 viewers in that key demo. Now, the reason this demo is so critical is because that's what advertisers look at when making the decision to spend money on that program. Now, in primetime, CNN drew only 43,000 viewers while airing the whole story with Anderson Cooper. And also, this is a new one, Stanley Tucci searching for Italy. I've never heard of it, but I feel like it has to be way more interesting than Anderson Cooper. Maybe I'm just saying that because I'm Italian. Maybe it's because I've watched Anderson Cooper a couple of times. Probably more of the second. Anyways, uh, it still can't be all that great because we look at the numbers, they're horrible. Now, it's very obvious why CNN is suffering uh, because they have no idea what the hell they're doing. They're on their third president in 18 months and they can't decide what kind of outlet they wanna be. They're like, do we give Trump a platform? Do we ban him from all of our programs? I mean, they obviously know the right answer. Trump equals ratings. But on the other hand, they also realize that if they give Trump exposure, they risk losing their ultra-liberal viewers or even the progressive politicians who support them. So CNN, any way you look at it, they're stuck between a rock and a hard place, and it's completely by their own doing. So, you know what, we'll see what happens, but I'm sure they'll find some way to wriggle and lie their way out of this one, like they generally do. But here is a story, ladies and gentlemen, that I am sure CNN would report on in the most positive of manner, speaking of lying and being snakes, even though this story is absolutely insane. So being homeless in Los Angeles will soon have major benefits. According to The Messenger, the city is building a homeless village in East Hollywood and reportedly spending $44,000 for each individual tent. The LA Times also reports the village will also include $4 million worth of fencing, bathrooms, and staffing facilities. Oh, and $3 million extra dollars per year will go towards 24-7 staffing. And listen to this. Catering services. <laughs> the homeless people are getting catered meals. And apparently the tents are even nicer than what you'd buy in a camping store. They include platforms, full beds, and storage lockers. Is this something that I should be considering? Being homeless in LA sounds pretty sweet. I mean, you get to do whatever you want without risk of arrest. You get free housing. It is a tent, but free is free. And LA is very expensive. And I'm gonna say it again. I like to eat and you get catered meals. So just when you think LA couldn't get any more wild, they decide to do this. Think about all the people who are living in LA who are getting squeezed by taxes and barely able to make ends meet while busting their asses for their families. California is a dumpster fire 
And every day it becomes more obvious why the population continues to decline. People are moving out of the state in droves. And that makes no sense because when you look at California, it is no doubt the most beautiful state in this country. You can blame it on Gavin Newsom. You can blame it on Karen Bass. And you can also blame the Democratic voters who gave these people the power to let homeless people live better lives than many of you do. Think about it. Okay, guys, I gave you a lot to think about today. And now I'm going to give you a couple days off to absorb it all because that is all the time we have this morning on Outkick the Morning. Uh, But once again, I ask you to press subscribe. That way on Monday, you're going to get that alert. You know when all of the action is getting started and you will not miss a thing. Also, drop me a like, leave a comment. Don't forget, I am looking for information about the crazy man on the golf course in Ottawa Creek, Michigan. Any information you have, even speculation, I'm all ears. And don't forget, you can find me all over social media, at Charlie on TV, across all of the platforms. And until Monday, I say so long. And guess what? I'm also ready to eat a lot of pizza. So I will be bringing you all of the information and doing my own one-bite pizza reviews. So guys, until Monday... See you later. Are you looking for the hottest sportsbook offers? At OutKick, find exclusive promos, expert picks, and the latest odds. Get in the game at OutKick.com backslash bet.